from inside Memorial Stadium, this is the Huskers Radio Network podcast. All Huskers, all the time. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back into another edition of the Huskers Radio Network podcast. I'm Jessica Cootie. Coming up this weekend, a very, very special weekend in Lincoln as both the 2020 and 2021 classes will be inducted into the Nebraska Athletics Hall of Fame. A member of this year's class is Kelsey Griffin, one of the most decorated players in Nebraska women's basketball history who played on one of the program's most successful teams in 2009 and 2010. She's not able to be here this weekend due to travel restrictions, but was kind enough to spend some time with us via Zoom from Australia. Well, Kelsey Griffin, we welcome you in and congratulations. It's a big weekend coming up in Lincoln. You're a part of the Nebraska Athletics Hall of Fame, the newest class. When you got the news, uh, how special was that? Yeah, I'm still, I suppose, in shock a bit about it. Um, I think, you know, when I look back at my time and, and what, who the person I was becoming, what I experienced, the journey I was on, um, you know, basketball obviously was a huge part of it, but I had no idea um, probably the gravity of what I was doing, but more importantly, my team and the coaching staff was doing. And I think um, especially my senior season um, still is so surreal as far as what we were able to accomplish. And um, I think, yeah, it probably it's probably one of those things that when you're in it, we were just so focused. But now that we're, I suppose, we don't even put how many years down the track it's been, but you know, down the track, it's um, yeah, pretty, pretty special. Yeah. How do you reflect upon that 2009, 2010 season now that it, there has been some time and you can reflect upon it? I think so much of, you know, the player um, and person I am today is in large part, probably because of what happened before that season there was you know a lot of of growing pains and maturity that needed to happen and understanding of you know coach Jory and her system and her staff's expectations and what it meant to be a collegiate basketball player in a division one system and um, I think what's so special about that system is you know a lot of people work really really hard and never get to experience something as amazing as that um, you know, I've been on teams here now professionally where we have all the right pieces, you know, we have the right, you know, uh, mentality um, and you still don't, you know, get to achieve what you prob probably deserve. And so I think the fact that we were able to have such a great group of people doing the right thing, actually see some benefit from that um, really makes it so special. And it's something, you know, I still speak to to this day and, you know, I'm captaining teams in, in the locker room. 29 and 0, 29 straight wins. That's not easy to do. How are you guys able to keep rattling off those wins night in and night out? <laughs> it's, um, it's one of those things that it really was because of all of, I think the few seasons before it. So it was, I really do believe it was a lead up um, you know, while there were different players and, um, you know, Lindsay Moore being a freshman, I think for, for most of us on that, on that team, it was really the, the two seasons prior and we understood. Um, and I think too, with that, the maturity levels, like I said, the experience that you got understanding how to bounce back from losses, understanding that we didn't want to lose <laughs> all of those understandings that you gain from experience that people can tell you and you can try to implement, but until you, you experience it, um, 
it's really hard to understand what needs to be done. And so I think, you know, we had that that amazing group of freshmen that came in, the freshman five that came in and, um, you know, they really showed the amount of work that they put in. And I was just lucky enough to be injured the year before that I got to hang around and be a part of that. It's <laughs> awesome. That first, the, the trip to the Sweet 16, the first ever in program mm-hmm. history, when you guys get there, kind of how do you reflect upon that and, and what that meant for this program at the time? I think the, the NCAA tournament was a really interesting one for us. I think, um, you know, if, if I could look back or if we could maybe do something, I suppose, different, I think, or maybe, maybe not different, not doing it justice, but where our lack of experience shown through was in the tournament. And, and that was something that, you know, we hadn't really, obviously we hadn't been that deep before. We didn't know what it took. We didn't real, we hadn't really played a lot of, I suppose those styles of tournaments where, you know, you don't have a ton of preparation, it's a day in between and you really have to adjust on the fly. And so I think that was, you know, looking back, something that probably shown through, but on the flip side, the positive of all that was, that was our goal, you know, and and that's probably on our, or a little bit of our fault or setting or limiting ourselves a little, a little bit with that. And always saying, you know, we wanted to, to make the sweet 16, but um, I think, you know, the fact that we were able to accomplish what we set out to do at the beginning of this season. Um, like I said, you know, a lot of teams set goals and and, are, and followed it short. And the fact that we we did it and we did it the right way. I think that's that's the best part about it was we did it the right way and, um, you know, did it for each other, played together. And um, that's what made it so special. Can you take me back to your journey to Nebraska? How does a girl from Alaska uh, wind up being, you know, recruitable? I mean, how, what's basketball like in Alaska and then how you got to Nebraska? Absolutely. So um, this one, I suppose this is a, a story that probably breaks a lot of college coaches hearts because I know how much, how much time and energy goes into recruiting. Um, but I was very fortunate to play on an AU team. Um, we only tra- in Alaska. I don't know if it's changed now, but in Alaska, we just traveled for the month of July, essentially when the recruiting window is open. Went to three tournaments, and that was the extent of my basketball exposure, um, which is very different now. AAU itself is an entire is a huge beast, and um, you know kids are basically playing year round. But that's how it worked for Alaska, and um, I was a dual um, sport athlete. I played volleyball and basketball and wanted to play volleyball in college until I realized how amazing <laughs> Nebraska's volleyball team was. <laughs> so then I kind of put that in the back seat. But um, anyways, so I, uh, I ended up going and playing in these tournaments and Coach Malone, who was an assistant coach at Nebraska at the time, had actually come to see the team that we were playing against. So um, I wasn't a name that, you know, coaches were coming out to see or anything like that. And we didn't really have a lot of high profile athletes on our, on our team, as you would imagine being from Alaska. And, um, and so I was, I was grateful that coach Malone was honest with me and that, that, so that's how she saw me. And I, I don't think it was necessarily my talent. I don't think I was the, by far the ta- most talented player out there, but she saw something in me, whether it was grit, determination, something along those lines. And, so she put me on her list and that's, that's what happens in college. And um, I was also that summer put on a few other, few other coaches lists, um, I think for similar reasons. And, uh, and then it ended up coming down to my official visits and, or unofficial visits and official visits. And um, <laughs> Nebraska, uh, I went to Arizona State 
and I loved the coaching staff. The facilities were ridiculous, and but I didn't really click well with the team. And then I went to Michigan State and um, really loved the team, had a great time, but I didn't really get along with the coaching staff. And then went to Nebraska, and I didn't really like the coaching staff, and I didn't really like the team. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't really know if this is going to be a good fit. I'm not really sure. And um, and then Arizona State ended up selecting like so you have your list of players and Arizona State ended up offering the player above me on the list and they said but you know your grades are great we'll give you an academic scholarship and I was like mm, I don't know if that's if that's how you're prioritizing me like I appreciate that's your view but I don't know if it's really good fit so thank you so I, I kind of told them no but in a sense I didn't because they didn't offer me <laughs> and then um, Michigan State I was really trying to weigh it out but they hadn't offered me either and I think they were probably waiting to hear from someone else what to get back to them and it was the summer and I just wanted to hang out with my friends and me and my mom never really fight but like I was avoiding phone calls and coaches were calling me and I didn't want to get back to them and so we'd kind of got not even a fight but gotten in a little bit of a heated argument on the phone and about this and needing to you know uh, get back to the coaches and so I was like you know what whoever calls next I'm just gonna go to that school <laughs> and coach Malone called and so I was actually in tears and not tears of excitement but I was just so over the process and I know it kills coach Yori uh, to this day because of how much time they spent into it but obviously it was it was meant to be and it was the path that I was meant to be on and I'm, I'm so grateful that coach Malone called that day <laughs> wow what a story that's incredible <laughs> I so think for me too yeah like I was like I didn't even know the college conferences when when I was getting recruited like I had you know we didn't have social media there wasn't the exposure of women's basketball there that there is now I didn't know what a powerhouse the big 12 was at the time when I went on my visit to Michigan State I didn't even know they had been to the final four the year before so like I just had no idea about it um and neither did my parents so I, I mean in high yeah in hindsight I'm so incredibly lucky um <laughs> that it all worked out but yeah it was yeah, probably not a story that most colleges or coaches' hearts probably think when they hear that story. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So you end up at Nebraska and you end up having a great freshman season, but what was that like? I mean, did you immediately fall in love after you didn't know and you're kind of unsure, but it, was it kind of immediate once you got there that you loved it? Um, it was struggle street, actually. I really? really struggled with homesickness. So I was super, super homesick thought I had made a big decision and, or a big mistake. And that was no fault of the coaches or the staff. It was more just being away from home and the demands of division one sport. And I just really didn't. Um, so I really struggled to adjust. Um, and I was, I was really, I wasn't sure whether I was going to stick it out or not. And it had nothing to do with Nebraska. It was more just me. And if this was the right decision for me, and if I really, you know, like if this was something I really wanted to do, I wasn't sure what I wanted to study at the time, but I was really fortunate that my best friend, Megan Volk came along to uh, university with me. And so she was kind of like, well, I'm staying, you can leave if you want, but I'm going to stay. And I was like, oh, she can stay. I can, I can tough this out. And so then I think that was kind of, um, I suppose, a turning point, but I suppose on the court, I mean, that just is a testament to my coaches, you know, and what they were able to, to get out of me. And they did get the best out of me. And I was really fortunate also to play with Chelsea Ogre, who to this day is one of, one of my best friends and just an amazing, amazing human being, like great 
obviously great basketballer, but just great human being, really nurtured me, took me under her wing. And even though we were in competing positions, she wasn't threatened by me. And she really, um, you know, helped see me through it and really helped me through it. Wow. So after your freshman year and then you leave and you're with the number three pick in the WNBA, you're still playing professional. How did you grow as a player within those five years, you know, with the injury year as well? Exactly. Yeah. The injury year is probably what, what propelled my career. I suppose I, um, I was really struggling. My junior year was horrible. I, uh, I had, yeah, several injuries. And then my dad was diagnosed with cancer again, feeling pulled in another direction. Like I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be there. I should be back at home with my dad and helping him. And, um, and he kind of had, we had a conversation. He was like, well, I love watching you play. You know, there's not a lot that you can do for me here, but you know, it's a nice distraction when I can see you playing. And so that kind of let me know that I was in the right place, but I was still really burnt out. Um, and I think what happened then at the summer and my dad's fine by the way now which is amazing um but he I think in that summer between my junior and senior year I um I got injured and really did a number on my ankle but that was probably the saving grace of my career because it gave me time I think it gave me time to refresh mentally physically but also it gave me a ton of perspective so I was able to sit on the sidelines and see these drills that I thought were terrible conditioning drills and look at them and be like oh they're actually not that bad like that's a lot in my head or you know see the coaches and be like oh they're not actually crazy like I would lose my mind if I had to tell the same person the same thing five times in a row. Like, so it really gave me this amazing perspective to be like, oh, okay, this isn't, I'm, a lot of this is in my head and a lot of this I'm making more difficult on myself. And I realized how much of the coaching side of things I was taking it personally when really coaches were trying to help me and, and make me better and saw the potential, not only in me, but in my team and my teammates. And so really that shift of perspective going into then what would be my senior year, that 20 or 2009, 2010 season, I realized how much more I could contribute by, you know, being more of a vocal leader, helping the coaches not to have to coach effort. That's something that as a group we need to bring to the, uh, bring to the court. But then also I think a whole nother level of maturity happened with my teammates with me sitting out a lot of them had to take on a bigger role and so then the senior my senior year became far more equitable in what everyone was doing and we all shared the load so I think there's a culmination of things but for my personal growth that injury season is definitely why I'm still playing basketball today which is kind of ironic <laughs> That's amazing. When you're putting up all the numbers in the stats your senior year, did you get a sense that you were doing something special or was it more so, hey, I'm just doing what I got to do to get the team where we're trying to go? That's exactly it. And I think that's one thing I'm so grateful to Coach Yori and her staff was it was inexcusable to put yourself before the team. And so it became second nature. And I think she, her and her staff also recruited that way as well. Like they recruited high character quality people and so it never really became something where you were worried about yourself and what you were doing and for me I WNBA and playing professionally was never like on my sights like my goal was to go to school I wanted to go to med school after I graduated I was pre-med that was my goal um, and so <laughs> I, I couldn't really have even told you who the WNBA teams were so similar to my journey from high school basketball to college basketball 
that transition from college to pro was really difficult. And, but I guess in answering your question, like there was no aspirations for, for me for more. And it wasn't until after the NCAA tournament that coach Verdi brought me into his office and said, you know, like, have you thought about this? And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And he said, let me just break down some figures for you. <laughs> and so he went into talking about at the time I was thinking maybe going down the nursing route or medical school I couldn't decide so first he started out with the medical school bill and like how expensive that was going to be and then he talked about you know a nursing salary and you know like how much I would make if I went down that route and then he started breaking down these basketball figures and and he was saying you know like this could pay for this like you can come back to this if you want to do this and I still wasn't really sold on it but then I guess the draft kind of took that out of my hands and <laughs> we just went from there. So I think, um, yeah, a lot of people might have assumptions about, about me and, and what I wanted out of that, but really the statistics I think came from, you know, the system that the coaches put in place, but also, you know, my teammates, I had an amazing passer and Lindsay Moore, you know, Neek could create for herself, drew a lot of attention. Corey complimented me so well because she could shoot from the outside and I could have more of an inside presence. Vonnie Turner was an incredible defensive specialist who had developed a three that season. And so I think when we just look at the pieces, we all just really fit together. And my success was and I'm not saying that because that's what you're supposed to say in sport, but my success was in large part because of the system and who was around me. That's awesome. So, I mean, here you are, you're still playing basketball. You have this amazing career. I mean, uh, how much has Nebraska played into that and, and crazy turn of events? You might not have even been at Nebraska, but how thankful are you that it kind of worked out where you, you did become a Husker? Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, I think more so, I mean, yes, my career, my, my sporting career has been, you know, an amazing one. And I'm very fortunate to have had the success that I have worked really hard for that. But I think because the journey that it's taken me on and the people I've gotten to meet, you know, I'm, I'm married in large part because of basketball. I wouldn't have come to Australia um, if that wasn't the case. And, um, you know, a lot of the teammates that I've met along the way, the places in the world that I've seen, the perspective I've gained is all because of, of basketball. I'm a bit of a homebody, so I'm not sure how much I would have gotten outside my comfort zone if basketball hadn't extended me in the way that it has. And so, you know, I'm so incredibly, so incredibly thankful to be a Husker because it really has set me up for what I now am getting to enjoy as an adult, um, which I never, never would have guessed <laughs> when I was there. Certainly those first few years and, you know, Grish and Matt can attest to that. <laughs> I was definitely, um, I was definitely a bit lost and a bit in struggle street, I think, as most of us are in our, you know, late teens, early 20s. But I think that, you know, the values of what it means to be a Husker and certainly for coach Ori and her staff and, and, you know, they instilled a lot of those values in me and I'm just so, so grateful. And I, and I use that word very pointed because in women's sports, I think we're taught to be grateful a lot for sometimes when we only get crumbs, but I truly, truly am grateful for my time at Nebraska and, and what it, the impact it's had on my life. And what would you just say, since you can't come here this weekend and, and, you know, again, a special ceremony happening, what would you say to, you know, Husker Nation and, you know, the support that they've given you and just all the, the people around here that still love to follow your career? <laughs> uh, I want, I want to say a massive thank you to Husker Nation. I think, 
you know, I, I'll st I still remember that that game we came out my senior year and it was against LSU. And I think it was one of the bigger crowds that we had played in front of, but it certainly wasn't as big as it was going to get, but they were so loud. And that was just what Husker fans did. And, you know, whether it was a preseason game, an exhibition game with a non-conference and we were playing a division two school or whether, you know, it was when we were on our, you know, incredible run to support the unwavering support was just amazing. And to this day, you know, when I, when I wear this, if I wear this, even in Australia, you know, he, there's going to be a Husker fan that I'll probably bump into. And it's this, you know, extended network that you have. And it's, you know, around that community and understanding of what it means to be a Husker and, and how special that I, that I was able to go to a school. And it, that meant, and able to do something that meant so much to so many people and influenced, you know, a ne the next generation. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so grateful to Husker Nation for that experience because they definitely did make it special. That's perfect. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you brought it up. You're rocking uh, Nebraska and in, in <laughs> yes. Australia. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Izzy Bourne. It was great when um, Nebraska came out to recruit Izzy Bourne. It was pretty fun getting to you know walk around with her family and Coach Gooley and you know show them around. And I just thought, never in my wildest dreams did I think that that would be something that I would be doing out here. Is you know, I thought I knew growing up. Or, sorry, I knew when I was playing, you know, there'd be young kids in the stands that Nebraska would be like, okay, yeah, maybe this is a kid that maybe one day would want to win. But like, never when I was playing in, you know, a country where the time zone's been crazy, you know, that I would be influencing young Australian kids to want to go to my alma mater. And now Jazz Shelley's there. And it's just, so that's kind of, I suppose, a fun part of my legacy that I never really expect. Not that I'm the only reason that they're, or even a part of the reason that they're going there, but just that connection, I suppose, is pretty special. Absolutely. And Ruby Porter, there's three of them now. It's the yeah. Aussie oh, connection over there. That's right. So. That's, right. that's exactly right. <laughs> Oh, well, Kelsey, we appreciate your time so much. I know um, you're busy and the time difference. So appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. No, anytime, anytime. I, I'm glad. Any, I wish I could get back more. I always, I always say that I wish and I'm devastated. I can't make it back this weekend. My dad, I, I believe is going to be there. He's pretty chuffed about it and pretty excited. So I think um, he'll be a great representation. He'll probably, yeah, he'll love it. Thank you so much to Kelsey Griffin for spending some time with us reminiscing on all of those great memories from her time here at Nebraska. Congratulations to her and the rest of the 2020 and 2021 class of the Nebraska Athletics Hall of Fame that will be honored this weekend. For all the information, all the coverage, will be right here on Huskers.com and across all of our Huskers social media platforms. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Huskers Radio Network podcast. Please make sure and subscribe and like, and thank you so much for listening.